so good to see you this morning. I trust you're doing well. Uh, would you take a hymn book, please, and be turning to number 94. We're going to stand up and sing out Angels from the Realms of Glory, number 94. We're glad that you're here and trust you'll be blessed as you worship with us today. Number 94, let's stand and sing Angels from the Realms of Glory, number 94. Let's stand and sing. Oh! 
Christmas time, and what could be more appropriate for our quartet than to add a singing angel? <laughs> I know we're here to sing praises to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but if we may, we'd like to dedicate these two songs to Lincoln Martin. Uh, we miss him dearly. Uh, he meant so much to this church, not just musically, but in all areas, spiritual and everything, I think, so on. Uh, these next two songs, we're going to add his name to. Right. Don't get me pitched here. You can get a little closer, y'all. Sing with Sing with Sing we know well 
the King is born Noel. Sing we now a Christmas, sing we now Noel. Angels call to shepherds, leave your flocks at rest. Journey forth to Bethlehem, find the lambkin blessed. Sing we Noel, the King is born Noel. Sing we now a Christmas, sing we now Noel. From the eastern country came the kings afar, bearing gifts to Bethlehem, guided by a star. Sing we Noel, the King is born Noel. Sing we now a Christmas, sing we now Noel. and mirth they took their gifts of greatest prize. There was narrow stable, so like paradise. Sing we Noel, the King is born Noel. Sing we now a Christmas, sing we now Noel.
so much, men and lady. I appreciate your ministry to us. You know, life doesn't always go according to plan. Have you found that to be the case in your own life? You've thought and you've planned and you've worked and maybe even prayed, but things didn't go according to the way that you had planned them. Joseph Moore, spelled M-O-H-R, found that to be true in his own life as well. In fact, it's the story behind the song that they just sung for us, Silent Night. Ace Collins tells part of Mower's story. He said in 1818, Joseph Mower was a 25-year-old priest serving at St. Nicholas Church in Obendorf, Austria. Working beneath the veteran priest, the young clergyman was rarely given what he considered important duties. But in early fall, Moore was assigned the task of organizing the music for the Christmas Eve Mass. The young priest dove into his job with wild abandon. He loved music, had a great knowledge of the German and Austrian carols and the classical pieces as well, and foresaw a service that combined elegant organ arrangements with harmonious choral music. When he wasn't working with the parish children or trying to meet the needs of the local poor, Moore gave every spare moment to making his grand plans for the most elaborate Christmas Eve service in church history or reality. Well, finally, the night arrived for the Christmas Eve service and Moore's great plans came to a screeching halt. Why? The organ wouldn't play. Grand plans, but a dead organ. Couldn't get the organ to work. So this, of course, forced them to change the plan. And instead of the elaborate organ arrangements, they settled for the village schoolmaster, Franz Gruber, on his guitar. And that night they sang a poem that was written by Mower. The music was arranged by Gruber. And that poem and that song that they sang that night is the one that they just sang, Silent Night, Holy Night. Well, fast forward just a bit, a little bit later, the organ repairman came and they were telling him about what transpired on Christmas Eve. And he found out about the song. He liked the song. He got a copy of it and he took it along with him. And that would lead to that song spreading literally around the world. Now, fast forward many years later. And we find that that song, Silent Night, it was not even in the original plan for that service, was the first holiday recording to become a national hit. In fact, amazingly, it continued to chart for a variety of different artists for more than four decades. In fact, I went back and I checked, went to Amazon and went to the MP3 store and typed in Silent Night. And I was amazed at how many different artists have recorded Silent Night. Everyone from Bing Crosby to Elvis Presley. The first one that popped up was The Temptations. Did you know The Temptations sang silent? I don't know if they did the, you know, I don't know what they did. John Denver, Frank Sinatra. The list went on and on. Some of the kids are wondering, who are they? 
Even Justin Bieber has recorded Silent Night. Even the Jingle Cats have recorded. You know who the Jingle Cats are? They're a bunch of cats that meow songs. Talk about torture. If you want to torture me sometimes, chain me in a room and put on a Jingle Cats album. I'm not a cat person. If you are, bless you, but I'm not. But meow, meow, meow. I just, anyway. So many cats, so few recipes. Some people, they're going to leave the church now. People are going to transfer their membership. I only like cats in sesame seed or sweet and sour. That's the only way I like cats. No, in all seriousness. Did I say all that out loud? Yeah, I can take it out of the recording. I was going to say the song has a soothing, calming effect, but we don't have that right now. No, if you're a cat person, God bless you. Uh, The song has a soothing, calming effect most of the time when it's sung. And it's always sung at a much slower pace than many of our songs, it seems. Almost always. I did hear one uh, more upbeat version of, of Silent Night as I was scrolling through the MP3. It sounded kind of strange to me. But it's usually sung at a much slower pace. It's a calming song. It's a soothing song. Billy and Ruth Graham shared the following in their book, This Christmas Night. They said, during the First World War on Christmas Eve, the battlefield was strangely quiet. As the soft snow fell, the thoughts of the young men were of home and their families. Softly, one lad began to hum Silent Night. Wheezy tenors and throaty baritones took up the chorus until the trenches resounded with the Christmas song. When they finished singing, they were astonished to hear the song echoing from the trenches across no man's land. In their own tongue, the other soldiers also sang Silent Night. That night, they were thinking of the Prince of Peace, the Christ of Christmas. Yes, beloved, Silent Night was Mower's poem, and it was just a fill-in for the original plan that evening. But let me ask you, aren't you glad that organ died? Aren't you glad that organ didn't play? Can you imagine Christmas? Uh, Now, uh, no doubt Mower was frustrated, to say the least, but God had a greater plan in mind. Reminded me as I learned the story of Romans 8, 28. Where the Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Can you imagine Christmas without these words? Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. You know, as I thought about the song, the carol, Silent Night, and I learned the story behind it. And I was amazed, by the way, when I came in this morning and I glanced to the back of the bulletin. If you read the back of the bulletin, you got a preview of today's sermon because it was the story of Silent Night. And uh, as I thought about that, I thought about, you know, the, the story behind the inspiration behind Silent Night, the, the birth of the Lord Jesus was in many ways much like Mower's experience. 
Things did not go according to plan for Mary and Joseph, at least not from a human standpoint. You see, God had a greater plan for their lives. And I want to go back for just a few minutes this morning. And I want to put ourselves in Mary and Joseph's sandals. A young couple who are engaged, betrothed. And that day they're already considered husband and wife. They had not yet come together, but they were already husband and wife. The coming together was approaching very quickly. And I can only imagine what was going through their minds as they were preparing for that special time. You know, as a pastor, I get to spend time with these blushing brides and these nervous grooms. And at times, it's a lot of fun, let me tell you, to watch them and to just enter in for a little bit of their joy and a happy occasion. I can see Mary dreaming of home and children, can't you? Joseph was no doubt looking forward to the day when he could come home to his beautiful bride after a hard days at the carpenter shop. Plans were made. But plans did not go according to their plan. If you'd like to follow along, we'll begin in Luke chapter 1 this morning. Luke chapter 1. And I want us to think about how the plan was changed, at least from a human standpoint. And I want you to look at Mary and Joseph with me and and see exactly what was going on in their heart, in their mind, and then see what God did in their life. We'll begin in Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. Luke chapter 1, verse 26, then we'll go to Matthew 1, then we'll come back to Luke later. But Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and consider what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your room and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Now, notice Mary's response in verse 38. Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary, no doubt, had thought about and looked forward to the day where she would hold in her very own arms her firstborn son, her child. But that child would be Joseph's son. Instead, she's going to hold in her arms the son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Things didn't go quite according to plan. God had other plans. Let's visit Joseph for a moment. Matthew chapter 1, if you would, please, beginning at verse 18. Matthew chapter 1. 
We'll put ourselves in Joseph's sandals for a moment and think about what he's thinking about and what he's feeling as he receives news that his betrothed is with child. Matthew 118. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother, Mary, was betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. You can imagine his heart is breaking as he contemplates this. Verse 20 says, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth the son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord, to the prophet saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her. So she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, beloved, Joseph had no doubt looked forward to having a son of his very own. And news arrives that Mary is pregnant. He knows for certain that it's not his child. And so, naturally, he thought that perhaps Mary's been unfaithful. Being a just man, being a good man, having love in his heart, he decided not to make her an example, but to secretly put her away, give her a bill of divorcement. But then God stepped in and told him, listen, not only has she been faithful, she has been favored, she's been blessed. You see, she's carrying the Savior, the Messiah, the Son of God. Joseph's going to be the foster father, if you will, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, do you see what's happening here? God interrupted their plans for his plan. Now, the plan was not necessarily easy. Imagine the talk around town. We live in a small town, don't we? It doesn't take long for news to spread. It doesn't take long for tongues to wag. It doesn't take long for the gossip mill to begin grinding out the news of the day. And you can imagine the word that began to spread when news came that Mary is pregnant. Imagine the talk of the town. Imagine those who mistakenly accused them and gossip about them. Imagine the misunderstanding that took place. And then to top it off, I mean, without a change in plans, certainly the plan would not be now to give birth to the baby in a stable, in a place where animals are kept. In fact, we go back to Luke chapter 2. It says in verse 1 of Luke 2, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Oh, what timing. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea. To the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, and by the way, very pregnant wife who was with child. And so it was while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And certainly this couldn't have been the plan, right, to be from home and be away and, and traveling, but 
It says, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes or cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. See, that wasn't their plan, I'm sure, but it was God's plan. In fact, Isaiah told us hundreds of years before he would be born in Bethlehem and God arranged that they would be in Bethlehem. So their life plan was not only interrupted and changed. In fact, the inconvenience, if you will, from a human standpoint, continues. Matthew 2 tells the story of the wise men's visit. Now, we know from studying scripture that the wise men did not come on the very night that Jesus was born. In fact, he was a young child at that time. And when we have our Christmas plays. The wise men have to come at that time because most people don't want to leave and come back two years later and see the end of the play. Right. We do it right away. But we know that he was a young child and the wise men come. But they come and they worship and they give their gifts. And then we pick up the story in Matthew 2, beginning at verse 12. Then being divinely warned in a dream, they should not return to Herod. They departed their own country another way. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and flee to, do you remember where it was? Flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child, his mother, by night and departed for Egypt and and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, out of Egypt, I called my son. Talk about inconvenience. Talk about a change in plans from a human standpoint. we've, we've, We've had all these changes. Now we're going to go to Egypt and stay in Egypt all this time to spare the life of the child. See, their life didn't go according to the original plan, their original plan. Why? Because God had a greater plan, a grander plan. Romans eight twenty eight again. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, what was his plan? His plan, Isaiah tells us, Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive. And bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His plan was the plan of redemption. He gave the Savior. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth him should not perish but have everlasting life. The carol writer said it this way, silent night, holy night, son of God loves pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth, Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. I wonder, beloved, have you received God's good, great gift, the greatest Christmas gift ever given the Lord Jesus Christ? This one old preacher said you can't enjoy Christmas until you receive God's Christmas gift to you. That is the Lord Jesus. Have you turned from your sin to the Savior? Have you placed your faith in him alone? He can be yours today. Heaven can be yours today. Forgiveness can be yours today. Peace can be yours today. That's why he came. That's why he was born. That's why he was robed in flesh. That's why he lived a sinless, perfect life. That's why he voluntarily laid his sinless, perfect life upon that cross and took upon himself your sin and my sin that he might forgive us and pay our pardon and, and grant redemption to us. That's why he came. He loves you. He desires to redeem you. Come to Jesus. 
Come to Him by grace alone, through faith alone. Come today. You can have the greatest gift ever given. It's free for the taking. Now, it wasn't a cheap gift. It cost God His very own Son. But it's free to you if you'll receive it by grace, through faith. I invite you to receive it today. Now, what about those of us today who have received His gift? What about our lives? What about our plans? Maybe you're a child of God today. You're a Christian. And you've had plans in your life and you're holding on to a plan, but the plan isn't working. Things aren't going according to plan. In fact, you made a plan. You've tried to work the plan, but the plan is not working. What do you need to do? Well, here's what you need to do. You need to come today and give your plans your dreams, your goals, your desires, your all, and say, Lord, here they are. Say something like this, Lord, I trade my plan for your plan. I give you my plans, Lord, I give you my dreams, my aspirations, all of this, and I give it to you, and I pray that you'll take it and you'll work out your life's plan in my life. You know, we live this life and things go wrong from time to time and we think everything is against us. I mean, the organ is broken on the night of the Christmas Eve service. How much worse could it get for a young clergyman? But see, God had a greater plan. Silent night. Holy night. All is calm. All is bright. Round yon virgin. Let me ask you, beloved, what is your broken organ this morning? What is it that's broken in your life, in your plan? For some, it might be a job loss. For some, it might be an unexpected pregnancy. A financial setback. A sickness. A loss. A dream that is dying. What is the broken organ in your life? Do you really believe God? Do you really trust God? Romans 8 again says this, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. God takes all things and work them for good, for our good and his glory. Yet maybe some are sitting there thinking something like this. Yeah, but my problems are a result of my own sin. I've messed up. I've done wrong. I've sinned. I've failed. I made a mess of things. I've made my bed and I've got to lie in it. You ever been told that? Well, let me read that verse again. And we know that all things. Say that with me. All things. Say it again. All things. That's pretty broad, isn't it? That that means that includes the things that I've messed up, the things that I've failed in. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. All things. And so I say to you today, beloved, bring that mess, bring that sin, bring those broken dreams, bring those plans, bring it all and lay it at the feet of Jesus and say, you are Lord. I trust you. I trade my plan for your plan because I know you know what's best for me. I know, Lord, I believe that you have the greatest plan in mind for my future and my life. So you can do above and beyond anything we can even ask or think. He can make beauty 
out of ashes. Think about that. You see, life doesn't always go according to plan. Thank God that it doesn't. Oh, thank God it doesn't go according to plan. Because he says in Isaiah 55, 9, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. His plan is perfect. His way is perfect. Silent night, holy night, wondrous star, lend thy light. With the angels, let us sing. Alleluia to our King. Christ, the Savior, is born. Christ, the Savior, is born. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Would you bow in prayer with me? Now, before we pray, as your head is bowed and your eyes are closed, what is God, the Holy Spirit, speaking to you about right now? Maybe you're here and you're lost and you need to have salvation. I would invite you to come. Let me know that. I'll put you with someone who loves Jesus, loves you. We'll sit down with the Bible and lead you to Christ. The invitation is simple. If you need Jesus, come and let us know that today. And we'll put you with someone who will lead you to the Lord Jesus. Now, I'm thinking about those believers today. Maybe life hasn't turned out the way you had it planned. Maybe right now there's some broken organs in your life, some things that are not going to plan. Would you bring those today and lay them at Jesus' feet? Would you come and surrender your plan for his plan? We don't always understand exactly what God is doing. And I'm sure Mary and Joseph didn't always understand. But oh, what a great plan God worked in their life. He desires to use your life as well. And so I wonder today, would you come and surrender your life afresh and anew? And say, Lord, I give you my plan. I want your plan. Would you bring the mess maybe that you've made of your life even? And let it make beauty out of the ashes. Let him mold it and shape it and work it all together for your good and his glory. He's a master artist. He can make take beauty and make it out of ashes. Would you come today as we sing after we pray silent night? Father, thank you for the way you work in our lives. Thank you, Father, for the way that you take all things and work them out for good. Thank you that we can bring our messes and our brokenness and all that we have and are and lay it at your feet. And you take it and mold it and shape it and bring good out of it and bring glory to yourself. Thank you that Mary and Joseph were so willing to go along with your plan. Behold the maidservant of the Lord, be it. As according to your word. Thank you that Joseph was obedient. Thank you for using that young couple. Lord, use our lives. Use our lives, Father. And help us in all things to honor you. And make you known. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn is found at number 91 in your hymn book. It is that song, Silent Night. And as we stand and sing today, the altar is open. If you need to be saved today, just simply step out, come to me, say, Preacher, I want to be saved. And I'll put you with someone who loves Jesus, loves you, and they'll lead you to Jesus. Just as simple as that. I think maybe there are many today who might want to come and pray. Surrender their lives. Give some things to the Lord. Lay some plans down. Say, Father, here are my plans. I want your plans. I surrender all to you. You come and pray today. You come and give that to Jesus. As we stand and sing 91, Silent Night, let's stand and sing.